Good morning. We are so excited that you're here with us. Welcome to New Hope. If you're visiting, welcome. And make sure you get a card to fill out when you're here. And if you're online, um, we're thankful that you're watching with us today. And if you're a visitor, please text WELCOME to 704-459-5575. We're so thankful to, to be here on the first Sunday of the new year. And um, just a couple reminders. Um, we do not have services tonight. It's family night at home. And we also will have services Wednesday. So we'll be back to normal Wednesday. If you could bow your heads with me and we'll pray as we begin. Father God, we love you so much. We give you this day. We give you this year. We give you our hearts, Lord. We pray that whatever is going on in our lives outside of these walls, that you be with us and take care of that and, and let it all stay out of these walls while we're in here, Lord, that we will focus on your words in Scripture and the words that you give Pastor Russ and the worship time, and Lord, that everything else just fades away. We are here to show you how much we love you, how much we admire who you are and what all you've sacrificed for us. And, and Lord, as we continue this day and this new start and this new year, show us, Lord, what we need to sacrifice for you. Show each of us, each member, each person watching, each visitor, break us apart this beginning of this new year and show us what you want our form to be. Lord, I give you this time. Holy Spirit, we invite you to, to, to fill us with your love and, your, and who you are, Lord, your spirit in us. In your name we pray. Amen. And Sonny has an announcement to make also. Good morning, everybody, and Happy New Year. 2022-2021 is gone, okay? Glad of that. Uh, I'd like to draw your attention to uh, our note that's in the bulletin. Uh, just a few days ago, December the 10th, uh, some terrible tornadoes came through about six states in the western part of the United States. Kentucky being one of them, that was the most hardest hit. Uh, it destroyed schools, homes, factories, buildings, and uh, worst of all, many people's lives were lost uh, during that event. Our Baptist men here want to do something to help those folks, and that's what this is all about right here. <clears throat> I, a lot of times, if you've ever been on a mission trip, uh, you want to go and you want to do something, you hear about those situations, and say, I wish I could be part of that. Well, that's what we're going to do. Now, we may not, this is kind of a two-phase plan that we have. First thing we're going to do is what it describes here. We're going to take up some supplies and some goods and food and uh, things like that, and we're going to load them up in a truck if we have a truck load or a trailer if we have a trailer load, and we're going to take all that uh, up to Kentucky, so what Russ has got uh, listed up in here uh, to the church up there, uh, Campbellsville, Kentucky. We're going to take it up there. That's going to be stage one. Now, the first, second thing we're going to do, 
while we're up there, we're going to get a lay of the land. Uh, I have been on mission trips before, Charleston, Louisiana, Mississippi, where you go down there and uh, you don't know what to do. There's no coordination. So we don't want to go to Kentucky and, and be a burden on someone. What do we need to take? Uh, do we need to be self-sufficient? Uh, do we need campers? Uh, can we stay at a church? Spend the night? I have spent the night in churches before. Who, where are we going to get our food? Uh, how far, if we have to stay in a motel, how far do we have to travel from where we stay to where the work site is? And things like that. So you spend a lot of time. So when we take this up there, when we take this up and we unload it, we're going to figure out what we need to do. We're going to come back with a plan or make a plan, and then we're going to go back and we're going to help. I know I've talked to some of you about uh, doing that kind of thing, so that's uh, what we want to do. So it's outlined in here uh, about uh, the supplies that we want to take, but we want to do that first, and uh, we'll get those up there, uh, figure out what we need to do, then we'll come back and get a plan, and then we'll head back. We appreciate your help. I know uh, uh, a lot of times uh, it's just after Christmas. A lot of people may be uh, financially stressed or whatever, but somehow we can always find a little something to give uh, to other people in need. And these people are hurting right now, and uh, we need to be a part of it if we can. Thank you for your generosity, and uh, we look forward, and we'll let you know uh, as the weeks pass what goes on. Okay, thank you.
Amen. Have you been blessed this morning? Amen. Amen. Indeed, what a, what a beautiful day it is. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. The first Sunday of the year, and so let me congratulate everyone here today. You have perfect attendance. <laughs> All year long, okay? You have perfect attendance. So now the, the issue is, can you keep it up, okay? Can you make perfect attendance all month? Okay, let's just start with that. Uh, so congratulations. Welcome to 2022. How many of you stayed up to watch 2022 come in? Raise your hand. I'm impressed because I didn't. <laughs> I couldn't. I guess that might be a better way of saying it. You know, I heard somebody say that, uh, that, that they didn't stay up to watch the new year come in. They wanted to make sure 2021 left. You know, that it got gone, that it got out of town. And maybe that, was, maybe that was you. Maybe that's how you were feeling about 2021. Um, but we saw a lot of peculiar and interesting and, and, and even disturbing things, didn't we, in 2021. A lot, of, a lot of different stuff took place last year. The ball dropped in 2021, New Year's Eve, but there was nobody there to watch it. Wow, I mean, that in itself is just crazy. But then all the nursing homes were, were closed to, to visitors. There were conflicts around the world, Israel and the, the Palestinians, the military coup in, in Myanmar and the Taliban taking over Afghanistan. There were numerous political uh, scandals, hundreds of thousands of illegals crossing the, the, the border, mass uh, covid uh, lockdowns and vaccine passport uh, protests around the world, supply chain issues, inflation. And we lost good friends, didn't we? And family members to COVID. It was a terrible year as far as that's concerned. There was a heat wave that, that burned California and Texas was frozen by, by the dropping temperatures. There were hurricanes, earthquakes. There were six hurricanes last week in South Carolina. There was hurricanes and earthquakes and, and wildfires in California. Of course, Colorado uh, just this weekend too. Historic drought. Uh, devastating tornadoes ravaged Kentucky as, as was mentioned earlier. Again, I want to encourage you to, to take part in that, in that ministry, in that mission uh, where we can be a blessing, where, where New Hope and Earl can be a blessing to someone in another state. Not only once, but on, on several, several different trips. And so find out how you want to participate in that. Maybe it's bringing diapers or bringing canned goods, whatever it might be. And, and maybe it's you going and, and being a part of a tear-out project or a rebuild project, whatever it might be. Um, how is God calling you uh, to serve in the kingdom of God as far as that mission is concerned? But aren't you ready for 2022? But isn't that what we said about 2020? <laughs> Aren't we ready for 2021? And, and look how that turned out. But, but what we can learn is that, is that we're not exempt from difficulty, are we? We're, we're not exempt from difficulty or tragedy. And so I want to encourage you today that whatever lies ahead of us in 2022 is no match for the one that's already gone before us. Amen? God is already there. God already knows what's going to happen. Are we ready for that? Are we prepared for that 
physically, emotionally, and most importantly, spiritually. And first and foremost, spiritually, I guess, is there were people that, that passed away this past year that, that never thought that was going to happen to them. Whether it was in one of these uh, natural disasters or uh, whatever it might have been. And so are we ready spiritually for whatever might come our way in 2022? How will we live out our faith this year? Are we going to live it out in our, under the surrender and conviction of the Holy Spirit? Or are we going to go forth in our own power, making our own decisions, choosing what we think is right? and not being led by the Holy Spirit. If you will, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 5. We're going to see there that uh, we find the Israelites, they were in a similar situation, I guess you might say, but they had a similar decision to make. You see, Israel was, was in rebellion. They had turned against God. They had, uh, a lot like us, they, they were calling good evil and evil good. They were taking pleasure in, in greed and alcohol. Their courts were corrupt and they were taking advantage of the poor doesn't that sound like a lot like our society today <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 5 opens up with a song the song is, is the, the setting of it is similar to the parable of the vineyard found in the in the gospels of Matthew Mark and Luke in that parable and in this story the owner of the vineyard uh, of the vineyard is God and here the vineyard is Israel, the people. And so let's read and, and find out what the story is, what the song is that's being sung, and, and see how God has done everything for them. God has done everything for us, but yet we are still in rebellion. We still do things on our own. We still seek to pleasure ourselves instead of God. And we see this in in Isaiah chapter 5, he says, I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My, love, my, my loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones. He planted it with the choicest vineyards. He built a watchtower in it and cut out the wine press as well. And then he looked for crops of good grapes, but, but it yielded only bad fruit. And so the parable here begins describing the work of preparing the vineyard. And, and the owner does everything that he can to make sure it's right. That, that everything is done according to, uh, to, to, to make sure that it's profitable, that a good harvest comes about. He finds the most fertile land around and, and says, this is where I'm going to plant my vineyard. And then he digs it up and tills it and, and carefully prepares it. He goes and walks along the, the land and finds all the stones and digs them up and, <clears throat> and clears them out. He's carefully preparing it. The work is grueling. He goes and finds the, the, the choicest of vines that's going to produce the, the, greatest, uh, the, the, the greatest fruit available. And he, he finds that and he, he builds a watchtower. He takes all the rocks that he's gathered there and builds a, a watchtower to keep out the enemies and the animals from destroying it. And then he, and then he prepares or builds a wine press to process the, 
the harvest that he's anticipating to come. And so he puts a lot of thought and a lot of work and, and effort into making this the very best vineyard possible. And he does it all at one time. You see, you see, most of the people in that time period would have done this in stages. They would have bought the vineyard and then they'd have done a little bit and, and, and cleared the rocks out and, and done a little bit along. But here, the owner does a first-class job from the very beginning. He makes it right from the very beginning. And so when he does, after it's all ready, then he looks for and expects the harvest of good grapes. The harvest comes in. But what he gets is, is worse than unfruitfulness. When the harvest comes in, all he finds is bitter and bad and useless grapes. But now the owner had done everything that he could have done to make sure that the land brought forth good grapes, a good harvest. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 17 through 20, it says, Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And so, moving in back to Isaiah chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, he, he, he asked Israel to determine, to, to, to look at the vineyard, to look at all that's taking place here. And who's at fault? Who's at fault that, that the bitter grapes came forth, that the bitter grapes were, were produced? Is it the owner or the vineyard? And he says in verse 3 and 4, he says, Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard that I have done for it? When I looked for good groups, why did it yield only bad. Folks, God can't be blamed for the wild uh, grapes, the wild fruit, the wild harvest that Israel decided to produce. God did all that He could short of making them robots and desiring them to be a good harvest. He provided for them. He, he, he protected Israel. He met their every need. There were there was no fault here with God. It all lied with the people of Israel. It was Israel that chose to be wild and to bear, to, to bear uh, bitter fruit. And folks, we, we too choose whether to produce good fruit or wild fruit, bitter fruit or useless fruit. You see, we... We all have the opportunity to be fruitful for the Lord. He's given us all that we need. I mean, think about it. He's given us all that we need to be, to be fruitful for Him. He's given us the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and, and direct us. He's given us a church on every corner with a body of believers to encourage us in our walk every day. And there's more biblical material and information out there than in all of history combined. And so what excuse do we have not to be producing the good fruit of the Lord? 
Are we producing the good fruit of the Lord? Charles Spurgeon said, Have we rewarded the the well-beloved ungratefully for all of his pains? Have we given God a hardened heart instead of repentance? Have we given unbelief instead of faith, indifference instead of love, idleness instead of holiness? I want to encourage you this morning to, to take a quick assessment of your life. And ask, let's ask ourselves, is our life yielding bad fruit? Is our life yielding bitter or, or useless fruit? Or is our life producing good fruit? Fruit for the kingdom of God. Fruit that will last, fruit that will reproduce. Where are you in that? What kind of life are you living? What kind of lifestyle are, are you living? It says in verse 5, it says, Now I tell you what I'm going to do with my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and I will destroy it. I will break down its walls and it will be trampled. You see, the harvest is bad. It's no good. The, the land is producing fruit. It's no good. So what's the point in, in having it? If you own a business and it keeps losing money, there's no need in having it, is it? And so what do you do? You close it down. You get rid of it. You call Bob and Sandy and tell them, come auction it all off. And so this is what the vineyard is doing. Uh, the owner is doing with the vineyard. He says, there's no reason for me to continue on. I'm just going to let it go. Anyone that wants to come in can. The animals can wander in and graze on the vines. I'm going to take away all the protection that I have because it's useless, it's pointless, there's no need and trying to harvest it. In verse 6 it says, I will make it a wasteland. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated. The briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The owner here is going to make sure that it is a total wasteland, good for nothing because it's producing bad fruit, bitter fruit, useless fruit. Again, where are we in our life what is the fruit that we're bearing? The owner's saying, I'm not going to care for it any longer. I'm not going to expend any more time or effort or, or money on it. I'm not going to prune it or dig it or, or water it. And so can you imagine as they're hearing this parable and you're hearing the people in the, in the congregation say, that's right, amen brother, keep preaching, keep preaching. Let me hear it, bring it on. And then verse 7 comes. Verse 7, they quickly realize that the story isn't about the vineyard. The story's about them. It's about us. You see, he's talking about their sins and the judgment that's announced on them. And the owner is not a, a mere mortal. It's the God of all creation. And the vineyard is not a plot of land, but it's the people of Judah. Verse 7 comes and it says, The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel. And the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. And he, took, and he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed for righteousness. But he heard cries of distress. God had done everything possible for Judah. 
God had met their every need. And he expected a harvest of justice and righteousness. And what he got instead was bloodshed and anguish. It's at that point that the people quickly understand that that it's not about the real vineyard. They realize that they are in trouble and, and they brought judgment upon themselves. This story, of course, is found in Isaiah in the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. The God of the New Testament is the same God of today. And the same God expects us to bear good fruit today or He's going to bring judgment on us. The kids are are going to begin returning to school again tomorrow, this week. Let's have a little history, a little English lesson on, on, on anonyms. Anonyms are words that mean the opposite of each other, right? For example, what is the opposite of the word same? Different. Of course, there's always exceptions, right? And so, if the opposite of same is different, how can our Savior be the same yesterday, today, and forever, when each of those time periods are different time periods. But yet Jesus is the same. Hebrews 13.8 assures us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He was with us in the beginning and it says that He'll be with us until the end. Until the end of the age. What a wonderful promise that is from the Lord on high. Amen. That He will be with us at the beginning of this year and at the end of this year. And He will be be with us everywhere in between. A long life's journey from January 1st to December 31st. And He's going to walk with us through those good times and through those hard times, through those difficult times, through those joyous times through the good times and not so good times. Jesus is the same and He will walk with us from beginning to end. Finally, what's the opposite of beginning? It is the end. What's the opposite of Alpha? It's the Omega. Jesus is both the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And folks, aren't you glad this morning that Jesus Christ is an exception to the rule, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that He will be with us in the beginning and the end and everywhere in between. Revelation 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen and praise God for that word today. Revelation 1.17 and 18 says, When I saw Him, I fell at His feet as though dead. And then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid, for I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. Amen. You see, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, he gave up his life when he said, It is finished. And when he said, It is finished, it was the start of God's amazing grace. Amen. 
And praise God for that. It was the start of God's amazing grace, the forgiveness of our sin, and the hope that we have in eternal life. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through, through 10 says that, that, that we are saved by grace, not through our works. That it's a gift of God. And so we can't boast about it. It's not about us. It's nothing about what we did. And it says at that point, God has begun a, a handiwork. He created us in Christ Jesus to do a good work, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When He created you in your mother's womb, He had a plan. He had a purpose. He had a calling on your life. I wonder today if we're, if we're following through with that call that He's placed on our life. Are we being obedient to what God has called us to do? Or, or, or maybe we're just waiting. God, I'm not through with this part of my life yet. I'm not through doing this yet. I need to finish this or I need to do that before I totally surrender to God. That's not what He wants. Let me ask you this morning again. What work has God begun in you? Can you identify for certainty the, 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 the work that, that God has placed on your life? That you've been called to do? If you are, how's it going? How's it going for you? Are you, a, are you accomplishing that task? Are you working at it day in and day out? If there was a test for you this morning... Would you be successful? Or, or, or would there be more, more to study, more to learn, more to, more to do in our journey, in our Christian walk? You see, if we can't say this morning that the, that the Lord has begun a good work in us, then, then that can change today. When, when, when we surrender our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, He puts that in our heart and in our life. You can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now and begin that good work that He's planned for you. In either case, there, there might be areas in your life, as I, as I referred to earlier, that you haven't released to the Lord yet. Maybe you've not totally surrendered everything in your life to Him. <clears throat> Until we do that, that work can't be completed. That work that God's done can't be accomplished. We can't hold on and let go at the same time. Our challenge this morning is to let it go. To let go of those areas in our life that, that we're holding on to. That we still want control of. That we're telling the Lord, not right now, Lord got more to do, more to accomplish on my own. This morning God is calling us to, to let that go. He's calling us this morning on, on the very first Sunday of, of this new year to be completely committed and, and surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ 
the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the King of kings and the, and the Lord of lords. Man, if we do, he can, he can work through us to accomplish all that He's promised to do, all that He desires to do in our life. Yes, this might be a new year, but it's still the same God. And this same God wants to see a good harvest in each one of us in this new year. But the only way we can do that is to be completely and totally surrendered to Him. To say, Lord, come and have your way with my heart, with my life. Lord, lead me where you want me to go. Lord, Take me and use me and mold me and make me into the person you want me to be. Use me in your kingdom. Use me for kingdom purposes this year. God, I surrender my ways and my efforts to your will and to your plan. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to pray that prayer this morning? Are you willing to give this year over to the Lord? As we sing our hymn of invitation, and as we have our, a prayer in just a moment, may that be a prayer for you this new year. Father God, we acknowledge that we love holding on to things in our own life. It gives us power, we think. Think that that we're over this and we're over that. But God, we can't even begin to imagine the power of the Holy Spirit's work in our life when we completely surrender to You. And oh my goodness, You have incredible plans. You have an incredible desire for us to surrender to you and, and work with you in this new year. And Lord, this, this dark, evil world needs the light of Jesus for sure. And so God, may we be found this year producing good fruit. Fruit that's pleasing to you. That you can bring about a great harvest for the kingdom of God. Father, today we surrender to you, God, and, and God, we, we, we ask, Lord, that you would indeed come and consume us as we give over to you and ask, Lord, that you lead us and guide us and direct us and show us the way. Hear our prayer, O oh Lord, and may we be faithful, may we be obedient to the end. In Christ's name we pray, amen.